0: Welcome to the Better the Pond podcast. In each episode, Warren Berry, CEO and founder of Instinctive Solutions, talks to amazing people doing incredible things that lead the charge of generosity. We'll discover what makes each guest a bit of an odd duck and how they continue to better the pond around us. The migration starts right now with our host, Warren Berry.
1: And I want to welcome you to another episode of the Better the Pond podcast, where we talk to amazing people doing incredible things that lead the charge of generosity. My name is Warren Berry, and I'm your host and the founder of Instinctive Solutions, where we believe that everyone is an odd duck, but that's what makes them awesome. Today, our guest is Heather Murphy. Now, growing up in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, Heather discovered resiliency and the value of being rich and in non-monetary ways. Her life has been full of ups and downs, creativity, and play. Now owning her own company, authentically, she is the surrogate mother of people's dreams. I want to welcome Heather Murphy. Heather Murphy, I am just absolutely so excited to have you as a guest on my Better the Pond podcast. Uh, I really, really appreciate the time that you uh, put aside so that we can spend this time together.
0: Uh, I'm really honoured to be here. I'm really excited about the things that you're doing and um, to get to be a part of it is an honour. So thank you for having me.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. And as we talked a little bit earlier, you are in Calgary at the moment. So not only are you not at home back in the office, you're away and still giving me your time. So that's, <laughs> that's almost like a two for
0: A two for one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you look great, by the way. Thank you. As always.
0: <laughs> oh thank you yes yes.
1: so let's uh let's jump right into this uh heather so um heather i want to know you know what got you from being a gosling Mm to leaving the nest to the person that you are today what's your backstory heather
0: it's funny that you say gosling and leaving the nest because sometimes i feel like i'm still in the nest my parents still live in town and we're all very connected (laughs) but really it doesn't usually go back to family. Like, I know for me, it does. My parents are pastors. And so I grew up in a Christian home and we did a lot of outreach. So we did a lot of outreach. I was involved in a lot of things for women's ministry and also with immigrants. And so I really had a heart for um, other people and helping other people. And so when I was uh, 15, I started my first business and, and that was all gravy. And then
1: Oh, oh! I, oh, I got to take, I got to take you back further, Heather. We want to talk, I want to take you back to when you were a gosling.
0: Like a baby.
1: Well, where'd you start out? Did you start out in Regina? Uh,
0: okay. Let's go right back. Okay, right back. Okay. Right back. So I was born in Prince Albert. Um, um, my mother's Métis and my father's Irish. And uh, my dad was a guard at the pen, the penitentiary there.
1: So now this is a good story. So first of all... Right now, for, for the listeners, right, I have listeners from, from all over the globe, from all over the pond, right? So where is Prince Albert, Saskatchewan?
0: Uh, Prince Albert, Saskatchewan is, um, we call it Northern Saskatchewan, but it really is Central Saskatchewan because Saskatchewan is quite a long province. And so the very Northern part of Saskatchewan is, uh, has very few residents. Right, So in Central Saskatchewan, um, you've got a lot of uh, First Nations population. And uh, there's a lot of hurting people. Um, so um, because because of residential schools and because children were taken away from their families and then Prince Albert is actually quite a dangerous city because of the penitentiary, a lot of criminals, uh, their families will move close to them and then they settle there. And so the crime rates have really gone up. So um, it actually, I'm pretty happy that we moved out of there when I was six because I don't know what my life would have been like. <laughs> If we stayed there but my parents worked with some pretty rough people there too at a place called the outreach um because they have always had a heart for helping other people
1: mm-hmm. see this is a great backstory so so you grew up so you're born in prince Albert, saskatchewan and, and mm-hmm. then so you stayed there till you were six um mm-hmm. then where'd you go from there
0: well uh the the other guards at the pen used to joke and call my dad the preacher and tell he decided that he was going to go to Bible college. And so he moved to Cairnport. And so he took all of us. And uh, there was four, four I have uh, three brothers. So one of them was only two weeks old. And so we packed up, moved, and my parents don't believe in having debt. So my dad would work weekends and holidays. And we lived off of $1,000 a month with four kids. They included rent and groceries and everything wow yeah but i even growing up like that like growing up we were living in a trailer you know in and this is in southern saskatchewan now so there's no trees there's no hills and like when the winds howl they howl especially when you have a tin roof so (laughs) um i think i learned a lot about resiliency there watching my mom you know clip different ads on on uh, flyers and she would go with a calculator she knew exactly what she was spending at each store and we always had food on the table sometimes it was like lentils and Mm -hmm. potatoes and that's it but there was always food on the table and my parents never resorted to addictions or anything like that so I thought that that was they set a really good example of living in poverty doesn't mean that you have to be raising at-risk kids and you know it's a grind but
1: yeah, absolutely. But I think, though, even with that, uh, man, when I grew up to, it was pretty skinny, I'll have to say. But I do think, though, Heather, that that really, um, growing up like that really brings family together. So you're, you, yeah. may be, you may be poor financially, but you all, but you can be rich in family.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, financially, even that living that way has really paid off for my family. They own multiple properties now. And um, they haven't had to draw a heavy wage from the church. They, they have, take a very meager wage from the church, and it's their investments and their mentality that has uh, really allowed them to prosper. And so that's a really good foundation. You know?
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're in Karenport. And so there's a there's a change of pace, right? Going from yeah. going from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, now to the, in the in sort of middle northern Saskatchewan with uh, high crime rates, and your dad is a guard in the yeah. prison system, now yeah. going to Caronport, yeah, uh, where your dad's now going to be a, a preacher.
0: Yeah. So he was studying theology, and we almost never saw him. And uh, my mother was really isolated there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Some of my favorite memories from Cairnport is we lived close to a tree line because they plant lines of trees around small towns to help with wind. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And uh, just outside the tree line was a big field and a garbage dump. So we used to go out to the garbage dump and pull things back into the tree line and build forts where, you know, everybody like hundred kids, we'd have sticks and we would play war in the field. Like some of those things are really insane and I, I always loved playing by myself. So I would read the boxcar children, you know, and mm-hmm. pull a brick back from the dump. Like, uh, what are, is it? A cinder block with the two cubby holes?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cinder yeah, block. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so I pretend that that was a fridge and pour water over it and make mud pies on it and run away with the package of saltines and
1: yeah. <laughs> See but you know and because I know you now and I know the creativity that you have now um which we you know we can talk about this a little bit down the road but you know if you think about that look at look at yourself as a kid and you were you were doing it then right mm-hmm. you were you were having this creativity you were taking a syndicate block and and having this some great creativity and imagination
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you're doing the same thing now you're just doing it more of on, on a on a human dynamic
0: Yeah Right. It's actually crazy the transition from play to creativity because mm-hmm. when I was 13, I didn't want to stop playing Barbies, and I was like, You're a teenager, you have to stop playing. And so, I locked up my Barbies and I pulled out a typewriter and I started writing stories. So, that's kind of how that transition happened for me because it's still play,
1: right? I was gonna, I was gonna just sort of call you out a little bit on that because I don't think you have ever stopped playing.
0: No, I can't, I still play, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you're talking about your first job when you were 15. Was that still in Caronport?
0: No, no. So um, at the end of Caronport, we were supposed to move back to Prince Albert. And we had a dog there and my grandparents were there. And I was really excited. My dad was going to start a church there. And then he got asked to take the church in Moose Jaw. So when I was nine, we moved to Moose Jaw. And that's when my dad officially became a pastor. Oh, okay. So, so I grew up in Moose Jaw. I went to a private Christian school there from grade five to grade 12. And um, at first, I was really angry at my dad. And I actually got kind of mean to other kids because I was really angry that we were stuck there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you were stuck in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, what was your first job there?
0: Well, my first job was working at Bonanza, and, uh, yeah. uh, and then after that, um, oh no, I'm just trying to remember what came first. No, I think I owned my business before Bonanza. So my brother and I, uh, with my parents' help, started a paddleboat business. So we bought paddleboats and life jackets and a business license and a cooler and a bunch of pops and a fanny packs and visors. Mm-hmm. It was called Murphy's Marine. And we rented out paddle boats for half-hour sessions on uh, the little lake there. Which was lake was possibly- you know, Um It's basically a pond. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I try to think. It's not West Ghana, That's in Regina. You know, I can't even remember yeah. what it's called.
1: So it was just a bigger pond. It wasn't yeah. really a lake. So yeah. you, had, you had a marine in the pond. Yeah. So you were entrepreneurial way back then.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that really taught us the value of work because I think by the end of it, we got a little bit of cash out of it, but we had all our stuff paid off, which is one of my parents' values, right? Right. So uh, we paid off all of our stuff and then we had paddle boats and life jackets. And then that's when I got my other jobs, like waitressing. And I always worked really hard. And then when I was 18, I was old enough to start direct marketing companies, you know, so I sold jewelry and makeup and paid for a trip to India and paid for a trip to California selling that stuff. So I've always loved sales too. So
1: yeah. You have been an entrepreneur through and through. Yeah. And still are.
0: I tell you a story when, uh, you know, at school we did a lot of fundraisers cause it was a private school. Mm-hmm. And so we would sell chocolate covered almonds and I loved to compete in that. Like there was something about, selling the most that got me so excited and so when I would try different things with different people and see what would work and my favorite trick that I had was a little red wagon and I put my brother in in the back he was seven years younger than me so he's about two or three with a little bowl cut and big blue eyes and um, he would sit in the wagon with the chocolates and so I would give my little spiel and then he would hold them up and say how many would you like that one we did really well that year
1: so was that manipulation or was that just strictly marketing
0: uh you know i well, really there's almost everything is manipulation (laughs) right um but it's motivating people and that's the kind of stuff that i'd actually um i've been looking into doing my master's degree in in human behavior and why we make certain decisions and why why we choose certain things and that's always fascinated me
1: hmm Absolutely. I'm with you on that one. I find that absolutely fascinating. That's actually one of the reasons that you and I actually met was talking yeah. about, but, you know, human dynamics and how the mind works and all those kind yeah. of things. So, so you're doing so great. I mean, great marketing strategy. How are sales, by the way?
0: Oh, good. They're good. I, I mean, there was people whose parents were selling cases of them, so that wasn't really fair, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we're always near the top it good
1: so what was looking back do you remember what a box of chocolate almonds was worth back then what did you sell $2. them? two dollars two dollars i think what are they five now i think so Like two. Something and crazy
0: <laughs> and they don't taste as good i agree it's like not real chocolate it's like palm oil or something
1: yeah it's they it taste like wax with an yeah. almond in it yeah, yeah i'm with you on that one so so <laughs> now so From there, so you went from, you know, I mean, obviously you went to India, you were doing, you know, different sort of multiple marketing things. Um, You, of course, your time in Bonanza, your chocolate covered almonds. Um, Bring me up to speed. What's, where, where has that gone from there to where you are today?
0: Um, Well, I, in university, I did my trip to India to work in a girl's orphanage. That was really important time in my life. I studied to be a teacher and uh, I was supposed to go to Rwanda along the way, but I was still sick from India. So the travel doctor told me no. So I wrote a microloans program for them um, and sent that. And then I got married. Um, and, um, but my marriage was very turbulent. Um, it was not um, somewhere that I could stay even. Mm-hmm. So, I started my career really only a year before I started authentically in 2015. Mm
1: -hmm. So I got
0: a job at a marketing agency and I knew I needed to make enough money to leave. And so I started my business the next year and, um, and, uh, then left in 2017. Mm -hmm. So then I've been building my business since then, but I've always had a heart for other people and, uh, it's crazy how things have been provided for me since I've left, you know, those little confirmations that you've done the right thing. Yeah. Like I was, I got a van like two days later, I was able to get a beautiful home where I, did, I didn't know what kind of home because my career is young and I have three kids, right? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we got a great place and got our van. And, and then last year things got really hard where my kids stopped seeing their father altogether Mm -hmm. and uh, financially it was hard. And, uh, you know, we were even given the school, I something that's hard to share. Like I was given the hamper from the school and I was so humbled by that. And, uh, I actually really needed it. And that's humbling to be in that position. Um, and I thought, I am so going to make sure that Christmases are easy for single moms when I'm in a stronger position. Mm -hmm. And I think from the outside, people wouldn't know, you know, you still put up smiley faces and you still work hard (laughs) and you grind it out. And, um, this last year, the transmission on my van was going and, um, my grandma has, doesn't send presents. One of my grandma's, she, she just sends love and she'll send baking and she's a very sweet lady, but she's never sent money. And out of the blue, right when I needed it, she sent $4,000. And so with my savings and that money, I was able to buy a car in cash, like a really nice little Honda with low kilometers and uh, buying it in cash was important to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So imparting some of your parents' values, right? Yeah.
0: And uh, I was so humbled by that, that it came exactly when I needed it, that uh, I, had, I had some extra money at work too, that I was able to finally, after writing this microloans program 13 years ago, able to send over $1,000 for three different microloans for women there. So two of them are able to start a farm and one of them's getting lessons to become a taxi driver. And so, and it was important to me that they were single moms.
1: So, so we're, we're going to get to that piece when we talk about what you're doing to better the pond. So, but I, what I want to know right now, um, Heather, and, and we tell us, tell the listeners, what are you doing right now, presently?
0: In this moment or this at work? Much, well, well, you know what? We haven't
1: talked about authentically. So, um, let's, it, it, this is time for your plug.
0: That's my baby.
1: Yeah, exactly. My baby. Let's, I want to hear all about it.
0: Okay, so um, when the prices of oil changed, things changed in the marketing industry, right, in 2016. And uh, the marketing agency I was working for started to go under. And so I was the fifth person to get laid off, and that was really hard on my ego. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I pulled out a big piece of bristleboard and wrote the word authentically across it. And because I was brainstorming everything that bothered me about modern marketing. And, uh, I just wanted to see a company advocate for small businesses and just say, you know, it's a, you should be yourself, like, be yourself. Don't try to be something fake. Don't just tie it up with a satin bow and call it something, a brand. That's not a true brand. And so, um, I applied for about 20 different jobs and the only one that called me back asked if I would freelance. So I got four clients my first month Wow. and, um, I I think I tripled my my annual salary my first year in business, and uh, yeah, it just grew really fast. And then in in the fall of that year, I was recognized by Forbes by the Forbes Coaches Council for the writing that I was doing online, mm-hmm. and I asked to join the Forbes Coaches Council. That was uh, I thought it was a scam (laughs) (laughs) so I was was the fifth person in Canada to join and the first woman and so that felt pretty good and it you know got announced in the house of commons and it was it was exciting
1: the first woman the first Canadian Mm -hmm. woman to be on Forbes coaches council yeah wow yeah that that is impressive
0: yeah it was pretty cool um so you know, you, you just look for these confirmations, like, am I doing the right thing? But really for me, there's like three things that make an authentic brand. It's, um, why are you in business? Who are you in business for? And what do you offer and do all of those three things align? And so, you know, there's times when you're starting, when you're running a startup where, you know, your stomach hurts and the whole back of your head is hot and you can't sleep. And you don't know if there's going to be money for payroll. And You know, there's some really stressful moments or like little brown envelopes from the CRA, how much is this bill gonna be, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, that motivator of why to keep going is because I wanna see, especially women have opportunities that uh, they might not have had otherwise, you know?
1: Yeah, and so, and we've done what, how long we've been working together, Heather, what?
0: About five years. Six years if you count if you count the agency.
1: Been that long already. Wow. So we have to so we have to do the plug, right? So if you look in behind me, right, the goose. Now Heather actually, so, so those of you on audio can't see it, but others on video, um, Heather actually painted that. And so not only have you got this incredible intelligence and creativity in your mind to help with branding and marketing organizations, but you've got this talent of actually like painting and decorating and all that as well. I mean, you are one amazing individual, Heather. Thank you. <laughs> the-
0: I, it's like art is like my oxygen. You know, if I start to feel like I can't breathe, I need to do something creative.
1: Yeah. And you do it very well. So, um, you know, anybody who sees any of the, the branding, uh, of my company, that is all indebted to you. And I always tell the story, Heather, of, uh, when we talk about, uh, you know, this is kind of funny how this all comes back around because we were sitting in a coffee shop and we were talking about being a misfit and being an odd duck. And the next thing we know, um, duck, duck goose was born. And so it is actually because of you, that we actually have the better the pond podcast all because of your (laughs) (laughs) and here you are as a guest
0: yeah it's really it's really cool to see how it's it's evolved and grown and i think that that really comes from listening to clients because i think i have spent so many days at coffee shops with you taking notes and just listening and try to trying to figure out okay so who are you really? What are you trying to say? And how can we do it in a creative and fun way that reflects you? So, I mean, like your shirts, I'm sure everybody notices your, your loud, crazy shirts. I don't know if you're listening or watching, but there's a, one of Warren's shirts is cut up in that painting.
1: <laughs> Which is your creativity.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Amazing. And I can't thank you enough Um for all the work that you've done uh, for, for my company and, and just, you know, just the overall branding and the care and the nurturing and the friendship and everything that we've done together has been, been pretty special and very, very, for me, it's very, very memorable.
0: Oh, thank you. That's so nice to hear. And like that, those are the things that are so rewarding, you know, that, or, I mean, when a company tells me that they grew by 380% because of a big, pivot that we did for them you know that's that's where the that's where the joy really comes in or you know in a company like for you to be able to shift out of uh an area of your business that you were not feeling satisfied in and to get more into the things that really fuel your soul
1: mm-hmm. that's
0: the motivator for me
1: so that's why you do what you do right there
0: yeah Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's really amazing to work with somebody who has that ability to sort of extract information. You know, our conversations, you can extract information from and then put it into something real. And, and, uh, and I guess then, you know, and then therefore you get, you get the joy out of actually visually seeing that. Right. So it's just, so it's just, it's just so reciprocal really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's some challenges with that too, though, you know, because oh, I, I do a lot of, uh, I feel a lot of people's energy. I'm very empathetic. And so I figured out I've got all these different incenses. There's certain ones I need to burn after I'm done working <laughs> on something to be able to let it go. <laughs> I, hope you,
1: I hope you're I hope you not like burning the really dark incense after you talk to no. me. No, oh.
0: no, 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 no. It's like a white sage, you know, it just helps it let mm. the energy go.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so mm-hmm. I can move on to the next thing instead of holding it in my body. <laughs>
1: yeah. Very wise. And yeah. speaking of moving on, so now that we've got you up to speed, we've got your backstory. I think it's, you know, actually going back to PA, I don't think I actually knew that part about you. So I just learned something new about you today. So, so Heather, I believe that we are all odd ducks. I believe we're all misfits. And can you tell me about a time that you did something where you didn't fit in and where you felt like the odd duck? And that can be positive or negative.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I've always... Felt like I didn't fit in you know I have this great big hair and it really started to get big in grade seven and so my you know my body was changing I felt awkward I was wearing um, men's sweatpants because I was trying to hide my body and my hair was huge and awkward and people used to put pencils in it and I wouldn't notice and I'd be walking around with pencils in my hair and uh, you know I just always felt really awkward and then growing into high school, I was actually quite popular and I fit in every group. Like I fit in every group, but I never really felt like I belonged anywhere.
1: Isn't that interesting? You know, where you, you felt like the misfit, you felt like the odd duck, but yet you fit in everywhere.
0: I I think that really comes down to my heart, really craving these deep soul connections. Mm -hmm. They didn't, I kind of surface fit, you know,
1: Mm -hmm. like. No, that's very interesting you say that because I've had this sort of conversations lately. Um, And so, you know, out of all the people, you know, let's even look back then um, of all the people that you knew and you fit in everywhere. So you knew everybody, you were popular yet. How many people could you actually have a really deep soul connected relationship or conversation with?
0: Probably my friend's grandma's. If I'm being honest <laughs> there was see, not a lot see. of friends yeah in high school like you know I think I have an old soul and yeah I liked to sit with my friends grandmas and make doilies I'm not even playing
1: you made doilies
0: yeah I would you... sit with people's grandmas and learn how to make doilies yes. yeah
1: now do you still make doilies it's a question I can but do I can
0: you. I don't have a lot of spare time. Okay, I, have, I got the stuff.
1: Doilies <laughs> just aren't you know, really a terribly a hot commodity these days, but yeah, you know.
0: they are freaking cool.
1: But, but if I ever need one, you'll be the first person I'll call.
0: Perfect. I'll make you like a purple one.
1: Okay, now mm-hmm. we're multicolored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Heather, like. What it? What is your superpower? What? What is it that makes you awesome? And, and this isn't about ego. This isn't about bragging. Um, this to me is about, you know, really, um, you know, telling the listeners, what is it about you authentically that makes you awesome?
0: I am able to see people. Like, I really see people. When people are talking, it's like I can see through all the things they're saying. And I can see what will help them grow you know uh, i feel like i can help people channel like if it was like a diluted stream with you know lots of forks in a river i can help bring it all together and make it powerful i feel like i'm a surrogate parent for people's dreams like i manifest things
1: hold on you got to say that again you are a surrogate
0: i'm a surrogate parent for people's dreams
1: surrogate parent for people's dreams that's powerful. So where do you think that that stems from? Where do you think that comes from Heather, that that you have that natural superpower that you can just see through and sift through all that information to, to get to where you need to go?
0: Well, without sounding too woo woo, I think it's divine. You know, I think it's an intuitive gift. Like I, I see in pictures and when people talk, I see mm-hmm. pictures and, um, People can say, I'm so great and I'm so talented. And I mean, it's nice to hear those things, but the back of my mind is always like, that's not even true. (laughs) (laughs) I think it comes from a place outside of me. It's very soulful and very soul driven, you know, and I think I've just been open to it and practiced and I study hard and I work really hard. And so then as you nurture your gifts, you know, you become more proficient in them.
1: Do you think that goes back to growing up um, in your household your dad being a preacher? I know your mom was involved as well um, mm-hmm. and, and sort of having that that growing up in that, you know, lifestyle of divinity. Do you think that that played a role in and how that plays out today in your world?
0: Yes and no, because in a lot of ways, I felt very rebellious because I follow things in a different way too. I'm a little bit, well, I'm a lot a bit more re- liberal than my parents, so... I mean, some of those conservative notions would push out some of my ideas and call them, you know, heretical. But uh, I think it actually comes more from that world of play, you know, like in the backyard and play, um, just following those impulses and playing with those impulses and allowing myself to be curious. I I think it comes more from there.
1: Do you remember as a child having that same talent?
0: Hmm. I didn't really care about people when I was a child. I liked to play by myself. (laughs) 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 My mom thought for a while, maybe I had no conscience. (laughs) I'm not even playing. Um, I'm trying to think. I did see pictures and hear, hear words for people. Yes. Mm -hmm. I did. I did see kind of, I don't mean to sound so crazy, but like I did see a little bit of the future for things. I would just have a sense of knowing about certain things.
1: Oh, so here's my question to you. I mean, you've said this, you alluded to this earlier. You said, I don't want to sound too woo woo. And now you've said, I don't want to sound crazy, but, but truth be told, is it either of those things?
0: No, it's not like for me. I know. I just, I guess I'm so used to justifying myself in front of my family too, right? Yeah. Um, no, it's a spiritual gift for sure. Right. It's uh, not woo-woo or crazy. Some people might think so, but uh, it's uh, that is my superpower, right?
1: hmm And so, you know, when you have a superpower like that, I, you know, I would I would say that it's not woo-woo and it's not crazy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's authentic. It it is, it is who you are. And I have, I've witnessed that as well of of the work that we've done together, that you can just sort of see things that, that I don't, you see things that I don't see. Mm -hmm. And, and because of that, I think that's why you're so amazing at what you do.
0: Thank you. Yeah. That, you know, I've had people try to copy my business model. I I mean, there's one lady, I was literally waiting for her to dye her hair red. Like (laughs) And some, even though it makes me mad, I think like no one's going to be me. So people still hire me for me, even, even with my flaws, you know, and even with my kookiness. <laughs>
1: I love your kookiness.
0: I'm always in business. I've never had a slow day. So, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. <laughs> and well, you know, the be yourself, you know, everyone else is already taken and, yeah. uh, and there, there is only one
0: Heather Murphy. Yeah. Well, you know, you actually helped me to get to some of that self-acceptance when I was working at the marketing agency and you came in and you did a workshop and you gave me a little plaque when I started my business that said, be you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was in transition when we started working Mm -hmm. together. Like I didn't know who I was. I was trying to be so organized and it turns out I'm a big (laughs) ball of chaos. So, um, you really helped me be able to find and free myself in a lot of ways. And so because of you too. So it goes both ways.
1: Yeah. And and, you know, when even saying those things or hearing those things, that's what gives me joy Uh, when I can have an impact on somebody else's life that they understand themselves or they accept themselves or they learn something new about themselves. That's, that's my joy. Um, and so thank you for that. That was, uh, I, I appreciate you saying that. So leading to the next question is Heather, can you tell me about a time when someone else did something for you that left an impact on your life?
0: There's so many things. I already told you about when my grandma sent that money for a car and I needed that. mm mm-hmm. Um, in this season of my life right now, it's small things that make a huge difference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, are you wanting a big thing? Or are you wanting some of those small?
1: I want one that really just stands out in your mind the the one time that really pops out when someone did something else for you that just left an impact and it doesn't have to be huge, right? It can be huge. It can be a small thing, but have a big impact but what's one, what's one thing that really jumps out for you?
0: I keep thinking back to that car, like, that was a big one for me. Um, because I wasn't expecting it and it's exactly what I needed. I cried so hard, you know, I wasn't expecting a check like that from my grandma. Mm -hmm. and I was feeling like I have to do this all by myself I have to figure out my vehicle I have sometimes as a solo parent you know it feels really lonely like like you're all by yourself in this and you have to be tough and you have to shovel your snow you have to you know all the things yeah (laughs) and so I just felt like it was like a big message from God and also from my family that I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. And it really motivated me to want to reach out and help other people.
1: Isn't it interesting? And you, you kind of alluded to this earlier, of saying about the, you know, the, the serendipities, um, you know, so your grandmother, you know, send, she would send baking and or she would send love, but she never sent gifts or never sent money. And just when you needed it was when it, when it showed up yeah so I like well to- and i just
0: bought myself a hoodie that says no prince charming and on the back it says beauty and a beast and i don't mean that like there can't be men who are like a prince charming but for me it really symbolizes you're in this for you get up and move you know like do another lap keep going <laughs> no one's coming to save you save yourself you know it, it has nothing to do against n- Um, against men at all like I really appreciate men it is all about for me keep going and take care of yourself but the crazy thing is even though it feels so lonely I'm never alone and Mm -hmm. it's little it's little confirmations like that that money that came in an unexpected time and uh, I had a girlfriend send a cleaner to to my house she told me to stay out of my house for a few hours and she sent a team of cleaners and they came back and it was spotless It's things like that, you know, that are like so humbling Mm -hmm. and so thoughtful because people are reaching you where you're at. And it's a confirmation that I'm not alone.
1: Mm. But I also, I personally believe too that good things happen to good people. And even though when, you know, times we, when we've all gone through it, I've been through it when times were pretty lean and they were tough and you, you, you're sweating and yeah, your head gets hot and you don't know what's going to happen next. And, you know, as an entrepreneur that, that, you know, well, and a parent as well. So um, it's, you know, you're, but I think that, you know, what you, and it's sort of the sort energetic piece of what you, what you put out is what you get back. And so even when you were struggling, right, there was other people there to help you and pick you up and just, you know, to do, to help you along your way. Just as what you, and it's the same thing that you're trying to do for other people. So Yeah,
0: absolutely. That tribe and community is so important.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what are you doing presently right now, Heather, to better the pond And more importantly uh, for me when I ask this question is I want to know why you're doing it. So it's a two-part question.
0: Um, Well, right now I'm working on some programs and courses to be able to help people develop a profession in four months. That's kind of my goal. Um, So so that's one of the things I'm working on. And then there's also this microloans program in Rwanda um that we we just sponsored these three ladies so um two single moms are going to be able to be farmers now so they're getting all the money that they need for seed they have their land um and uh, they're going to be able to sell their food and market as well as feed their kids and then uh, another lady who's been a bit of an outcast in the community Mm -hmm. she's uh, getting training to be a taxi driver so she's um she's going to be able to develop a skill where she can move forward. So, so it's really cool because I helped write that loan program and it's been going on for so long, but I was not really in a position to invest in it. Mm -hmm. so it's really cool to have faces to the, to the women that were able to help. And then on a regular basis, i work really hard to see people. So even if we don't work together, when I have my first meetings with people, Uh, I work really hard to see who they are and to be able to speak a little bit of direction into their life. Sometimes just a couple hours with me seems to light people up with ideas Mm -hmm. and they can move forward with or without me. And um, so I work to really stop all the chaos in my brain and connect and give people that bit of my energy. And um, there was something else I was thinking it uh, fell out of my brain.
1: <laughs>
0: um, also, working hard to be a really present mother, you know, and to raise a, some really um, healthy boys um, with a good view of work and play and uh, creativity and women. And...
1: I'm sure that there was no shortage of play in your household.
0: No. This weekend? We took all the mattresses off the bed and threw them down the stairs and then we were jumping down the stairs, <laughs> sliding down the stairs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's my point. There is no yeah. shortage of play in your house. No. So um, can, I want to go back just a little bit about the, these three women in, in Rwanda, because I know that's very near and dear to your heart. Yeah. Um, how did you get, how did you get involved with that? Um, and, and what was that made you create that loan program and, What was the driver behind all that?
0: Well, I actually started um, when I was 20, when I went to India. So um, Victory Churches, which is the organization that my family belongs to, has a lot of different orphanages and women's programs, and um, they've done things to help women get out of prostitution, like teaching them how to cut hair or teaching them how to sew and that kind of thing. And so the orphanage that I stayed in when I turned turned 20 there actually um, was with 60 young girls. And I started an English program and we did dance and drama and painted murals, started a library. It was so intense and I was able to make such a big impact with such a small amount of money and a whole bunch of energy. Mm -hmm. Uh, That really just lit my soul on fire. So a couple of years later, the opportunity came to go to at that time it was a very new orphanage in Rwanda but they were wanting more programs than just for the orphans because you know with the genocide in Rwanda that's left a lot of children without parents Mm -hmm. and um and then that next generation also without parents because of all of the devastation all of the emotional devastation so um I was really looking forward to going to help set up this new orphanage but also to build a program for women because in Rwanda a lot of the men will just leave or they will die or there's a lot of problems with alcoholism and um, that abusive women who are stuck in abusive situations is really uh, dear to my heart that's something that really there's a really strong sense of injustice there. And I wanna see women have opportunities to get out and and also to be able to provide for their children. Because if I hadn't started my business when I had, I don't know, I'd probably be working three jobs and never see my children to be able to provide for them.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I feel so blessed by that. I feel like I have to do something to help other people be able to uh, survive and thrive and find their way out. Like I know that I can do that. And uh, where it would take maybe tens of thousands of dollars here to send a thousand dollars to Rwanda can totally change three women's lives. Mm-hmm. And like, how could I not?
1: So from a cultural standpoint, you said that two of these women are gonna be farmers. Uh, mm. And which is really interesting. So, I mean, culturally, you usually don't see women, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is wrong. This is but culturally, you don't see women <laughs> going to farming, especially in that culture. Um, mm-hmm. And so was, did you have a role in that piece to try to help them on the farming side?
0: Uh, well, what happened is uh, they the, the church organization takes everything that they can and um, uh, makes it try to generate revenue, right? To be able to support the orphans and the women there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they were donated land. And so there's, marketplaces are very big in Rwanda. Mm-hmm. So um, women who can sow and make crafts or women who can grow vegetables and sell vegetables, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's a huge benefit. So it takes, I think $300 to be able to create a farm on the land that's already been donated with just tools and seeds and everything. And then, some teaching and skills, so I know, it's not like traditional grain farming with combines. it would be more like a large garden
1: mm-hmm. and
0: these these women hustle
1: wow so for the for for three hundred dollars they can you know and some donated land, they can actually create their own career path yep,
0: yeah. so they have enough food to feed their families and sell
1: Wow, that's incredible that's so do you get a, do you get constant, uh, you in constant contact? Do you get constant feedback?
0: It's not constant because I, I mean, it's not such a big organization like world vision or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do get feedback and I do get updates. So that's nice. And if I ask, they'll check in. Cause there's a, there's a person right there working with the women so
1: right nice I'm sure yeah I'm sure you want to hear back and see yeah well they're progressing and you know isn't that nice to be able to have you know that impact on the on the world and on you know uh, if you change one person's life uh, I mean it's, it's just so worth it
0: yeah and I mean it doesn't have to be huge crazy things like mm-hmm. yeah it's these things that we take for granted you know
1: mm-hmm Yeah, And just
0: taking the time to really see what other people's needs are and uh, where you can make an investment, you know, it's really making an investment in people.
1: Right. Which kind of goes back to, you know, what authentically does. Yeah. Right. So this this is, so you, you live your brand, Heather. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can't Can't help
0: it. I like to say authentically basically means no bullshit and I'm not really good at bullshit. So.
1: That's true. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, I, I, I can attest to that. <laughs> so here we're coming to our last question on the Pondcast. Um, what does your future look like, Heather? So you are, you are the sage. You are the wise goose on the pond. Uh, <laughs> you, have, you have your crystal ball. What does your future look like? What, what do you dream about? What, paint me a picture of your golden pond.
0: Okay. Well, I think I've told you a little bit about the things that make my heart ache, right? Like women who are stuck in abusive situations or say, for example, a woman who finds herself pregnant and is not sure what's next. Um, Also, I I see all these millennials having a hard time choosing a career path, Mm -hmm. not wanting to go to university, not sure what to do in their career. So I really see the need for being able to create careers in short times. And so what I would like to in, in my, what I see mm-hmm. is, um, online school where you can take four month programs. So three months where you learn things like website design and a one month internship, and then maybe three months where you learn principles of graphic design and a one month internship. So courses like that. And, uh, I would like to just blow up my speaking career and then bring in leads to the students so that people can almost like automagically have a career. Because if I knew when I was a stay at home mom, how much money I could make for the things that I was just doing, like I would have started way sooner.
1: Mm-hmm. But also everything in its own time as well. Right? In
0: its own time, but yeah, it just, it just it just uh, brings my heart to people in those situations. Mm. Like I can make a difference for somebody.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, is that sort of that, you know, it comes back to the kind of entrepreneurship, you know, drive that you have and to be able to take that same energy and then, you know, basically pass it on to that next generation.
0: Yeah. That's
1: where you're coming from.
0: Yeah. To multiply some of these things that have come naturally to me mm -hmm. and some of these things that have come through a lot of work.
1: Um, and so now, you know, if we look right now, of course, we're in this whole pandemic craziness. Um, and so is that one of the reasons why you're thinking of the online piece or was that just something that was already there before? And it just, now is just obviously a matter of convenience.
0: It's something that's always been in my vision. I've taught a lot of in-person workshops, but, uh, I also love the idea of being able to travel or live wherever I want to live and not having to set up local roots,
1: you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing with this technology piece. Um, like I've been doing some virtual workshops as well, and, and uh, it's pretty amazing what we're capable of doing, what we, you know, what we're capable of doing, what we didn't think we were capable of before. Now it's becoming almost commonplace. Yeah. Uh, so uh, to be able to do some of that distance learning and, yeah, and for you, you know, you can live wherever you want in the world and still stay connected with yeah. the people you're trying to help. Yeah. That's
0: fascinating. Hmm. <laughs> Curious and curiouser. <laughs>
1: yes. So, um, so Heather, I really, really want to thank you for your time today um, that you put towards this. Uh, I, I always appreciate your energy. I appreciate your love. I, uh, I appreciate you um, just because you are no bullshit. You are authentic and you're incredibly gifted. And talented, and you've helped me beyond you know anywhere that I could have gone myself. So, um, so thank you for that. Um, so now, as far as our listeners go, um, where can they go to find you?
0: Uh, so you can find me at authentically.ca, or you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at authentically.ca. Also, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and what about uh, are you on the LinkedIn world?
0: I am on LinkedIn. I'm pretty lame at LinkedIn, if I'm being honest.
1: So don't go looking for you on LinkedIn.
0: I mean, you can, I got some stuff up there, but.
1: Right. But, but <laughs> I
0: don't pay attention
1: to it. www.authentically.ca. See, there's no bullshit coming out. Yeah. Um, and, and also to find you on Facebook and on Instagram, correct?
0: Yeah, that's correct.
1: All right. So if anybody wants any um, branding, marketing, ideas websites websites, Mm -hmm. um what else what else a a painting
0: yeah i do also paintings yeah (laughs) um also you know something that's really big for people is a clarity session so it's 500 dollars. you get two hours with me and i just explore your guts and give you some vision and ideas (laughs) you know yeah
1: yeah, and the thing is, that's interesting about that is because you have that natural talent to see through, right? The value yeah. is, is immeasurable. Mm-hmm. Thank all you. All right. So I highly suggest that people go find Heather for all those things. Um, uh, we have our long term relationship. Uh, we're never going back, and uh, mm-hmm. we're always moving forward together. And I suggest that other people do the same because the, the work that you Thank do is you. absolutely incredible.
0: Thank you, Warren. You're very welcome.
1: So there you have it, folks. We had a great time here today with Heather Murphy. And this is Warren Berry flocking off to take you beyond the pond to better the pond because we're better together. Thank you so much, Heather.
0: Thanks, Warren. Well, thanks for landing on the Better the Pond podcast podcast. Do you know someone who should be in our flock? Contact Warren at warren at instinctivesolutions.ca to tell us their story. Until next time, what ripples will you create? Cheers.